0: Fell casings, fresh bullet holes over here. Looks like two groups one heading into this building. Joey and his guys are waiting. They open fire.
1: Maybe it was the other way around. Look, we got tire tracks over here. Maybe they pulled up, got out, took Joey Limbo and company out,
0: and fled to sea. Could be feeling right joey limbo wouldn't just stood around in plain sight waiting to get whacked you Now i'm thinking he set an ambush and it turned
1: on it him. wonder who joey was trying to take out
0: something's off here Head covered. your neck. Your face up. Close. I want Joey Limbo photographed from every conceivable angle. Got a real bad feeling about this. All right. But get up!
1: To another edition of will is You Podcast and Nathan Two, where tonight we talk about all the uh, going ons and happenings and soap operas and daytime so far this week with a recap, spoilers, also news when it comes to uh, other things going on such as um, uh, such as television, which shows got renewed. Also, General Hospital fan club weekend is back, and I hear that two people will be having events coming up. Um, Events coming up, I think sometime in one in July or in August or whatever. It'll it'll take place in the in the summer, I think, for both of them. But um, with that, guys, we have a lot to get into for tonight, and uh, I'll be I'll be I once again solo for tonight's uh, episode. Willie is not with me here tonight again, but we will be back, guys. Just not just not next week, the week after that, which will be uh, the week of April. Uh, the first week of April, April third to April seventh of the week, the week after next week, uh, March twenty seventh through the thirty first. Uh, we're going to be taking a, a quick one one week break, and then we're going to get right back and think of it. Me and Willie both will be um, hosting. I'll be uh, excuse me, co-hosting again, as always, for uh, Wizard Podcast Two this season. Uh, Willie will be back from his break. I'll be back from the World Week break coming up. So, we will be back on April 5th, uh, 2022 with two of us. We're going to talk about a lot uh, from uh, <clears throat> uh, from, uh, you know, talking about uh, Scream, uh, I think Scream 6, it's if, if just the event, the new stream movie that came out. Daytime also, a top story we got coming up. So, uh, before any further ado, guys, that'll be April 5th, but Let's talk about tonight, and a lot really happened uh, over the weekend, and we're going to kick it off this time with YNR, the Young and the Restless. Um, Let's just say, guys, uh, you know, we had a party going on with YR over the weekend where the cast and crew uh, celebrated the the show's 50th anniversary for the Young and the Restless, and not just the current cast and crew were there um, for YNR, we also had past faces from the show. We had Victoria Rao who played Drew. She was there. Uh, Phil Morris, he was uh, back. He was back uh, at The Unrestless. I, I didn't know he was on Yr at one point. He was on the show, I think, in 1986. Uh, when He played a role there. So Phil Morris was there. And also the actress who plays Leona Love uh, for Y&R. She was there. I think her name was Barbara Compton, if I believe, of I'm sorry if I mistake her. Butchering her last day, but she was there too. Um, the actor, Yeah, you know, Michael Damon, who plays Danny Romanelli Senior. Uh, the actress who plays Gina Romanelli. So, so for a lot of people were there, uh, except for Doug Davidson, who was not there. He was invited, but he turned down uh, the uh, the invitation. And look, I can understand it from his point of view. Yes, a lot happened back then when he was when he wasn't. Uh, he was let go from the show at one point, and he's still on recurring. Ironically, but uh, I get it from Doug Davis' side, uh, you know, because he, he did feel mistreated when it came to, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, how he was getting less lines here and there. We look at the last appearance he was on; he didn't have much to do, and so uh, he, so Doug Davis decided to show up for uh, the part, which is fine. It's his choice, uh, but you know that's. Uh, you know, he didn't show up there. I'm pretty sure there were others that didn't show up there, too. Maybe who were invited, but who were busy or who, who couldn't make it. Um, but overall, it was a very great night for art, And uh, I'm glad that the show had others there to celebrate the legacy of the Russell celebrating their 50th anniversary. But after that, uh, we had a situation going on between Eva Lagoria and Eric Braden. And this was mostly on Eric Braden who responded after a clip came out of Eva Longoria talking to uh, Chris Wallace on his show. Uh, who's talking to Chris Wallace on CNN? So let's get right into it, guys. This is from SoPowerNetwork.com. Posted by Arrow Lewis. Uh, Eric Bray responds to a comment made by Eva Lagoria during appearance on Who's Talking to Chris Wallace. And it says, During last night's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace on CNN? Forward Desperate Housewives star Eve Lagoria the period on the show discussed her career, her causes, and her new original series, Searching for Mexico. During the career segment, host Chris Wallace played a clip of Longoria's time of The Unrestless when she played Isabella Abrada on the soap. Longoria's comments about her experience on the series, particularly her working simultaneously as a hair hunter and an actress <clears throat> on a daytime soap opera, have since led to controversy on social media. After catching wind window, what she saw on the program, Former co-starring Braden called the actress out for her, quote, the, uh the remarks about daytime actors. Brayden plays the icon Richard Newman on your unrestless. This is what he saw his Twitter. Quote, uh, Eva Longoria, you just made derogatory remarks about daytime actors, began Brayden on Twitter. Quote, You simply weren't good enough to survive, to survive the, the pressures of this medium. You were very lucky to get on the Housewives show. You did one show in 12 days with mediocre media, uh, media but salacious dialogue. He added, quote, Our actresses would run rings around you, and they did. From Robert De Niro to whoever they all are, many of them started in the medium you uh, de-integrated. It shows a complete lack of class. On a CNN program, Wall shocked Algoria when he said, quote, You got your first break 20 years ago when you were a cast of a very popular soap opera. Deanna Rossis. and he then appeared to introduce a clip, um, a clip of that. We're going to show a clip of that. Lagoria then prays for a stroll that by Relay. as why I stated where I do that. Longoria continued laughing as the clip began. Showing her, as Isabella is seen with her former co-star, Doug Davidson, who portrayed Paul Williams on the soap at the time. The clip finds Longoria, Isabella, Isabella telling Davis' Paul that Christine, Lorel Bell is dead as two struggle to get a knife out of Isabella's hands. After Clip played still laughing Longoria told Wallace, I can't believe you found that. In response Wallace says, So what I find is so interesting though is that you were so determined not to be a struggling actress at, at, at the same time that you have this part on a big soap opera, you're working as a headhunter for to have any out of your dressing room in the studio. Longoria uh, confirmed the story saying <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. When I moved to Hollywood, I had my bachelor's degree, and so when I told my mom I'm going to be an actress, she was like, well, she was fine because I had graduate college. Like, like, as long as I finished college, and so I knew I could get a job. I was like, I'll get a job, and I went to a temp agency and they hired me. She pointed out, I was so good at it that when I got, you know, uh, got Young and Rustless, it didn't pay enough for me to live off being an actor. So I continued being a headhunter and Young and Restless, and I would hide the fact that I was on Young and Rustless to my clients because they didn't want, like, the dub actress handing their accounts. Longoria then recalled the experience where she was almost out out of my one of her clients for being on daytime type of soap. Quote One time one of my clients was like, um, you look like a girl that I've seen on soap opera. And I go, No, that's not. I don't know who that I was at the opposite the Dream.' stream. I was like, Don't tell anybody about the show because I was like, you know, still making more money on my day job. So spray the streets went viral, that was Thousands of people have taken sides. Interpreting Longoria's comments the same way Brady did as the media and the daytime actors, while others are still Longoria's comments as nothing more than a budgetary actress not wanting her two jobs to interfere with one another. What do you think? And I'll tell you guys what I think about it. Um. I mean, I think it's overall over an overreaction on Eric Brain's part. Um, I mean, I can see where <clears throat> some people may have an issue with Eva Longoria's comments, but here's the thing. She's talking about her experience um, behind the scenes, and, um, you know, daytime actors do not get any kind of respect or any credit. I think still to this day when it comes to the profession and what they do, because, you know, the comments that are made, um comments that Eva Longoria, I think, show that, you know, daytime actors... Don't get it easy at all. I mean, in daytime, some people always say that daytime is a starting place for you to get your acting chops in, you know. Um, And the same goes for theater. I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, and especially nowadays where the business has changed a whole lot. And so for Eric Braden, I totally get where he is coming from. And he's offending the, um, you know, he's offending the uh, the genre of daytime soap operas. But at the same time, it's like there's no need for Eric Braden to say, um, what, what did he say? Um, what did he say? Uh, Evelyn Gore, you just made derogatory remarks about daytime actors, began bringing Twitter. You simply weren't good enough to survive the pressure of this medium. Why would you say that? You're basically saying Evelyn Gore was not good enough at all, basically, and she sucks as an actress. Then he says, You were very lucky to get on the, on the Housewives show. You did one show in 812 days with mediocre but sessionist sens- dialogue. And people who watch daytime, uh, not daytime, uh, the, the Housewives show that Eva and Gloria was on, here's the thing people love that show. They love the characters, they love the storylines. Even if someone didn't, didn't make sense or even if um, they didn't like it at all, at least Eva and Gloria, who was the actress, one of the main actors on that show, <clears throat> you know, really was one of, was a fan favorite on that show and got a lot of eyeballs on there, too. She was one of the people who got eyeballs on their soap opera. So for Eric Brain to say that, I feel is very uh, uncalled for and just not good at all coming from him. Even though I understand he's trying to protect daytime and the defend daytime as a whole, so I'm not going to, you know, I will give Eric kind of the benefit of the doubt, but, you know, don't, you know... um if I was him, I wouldn't have said anything at all, really. And my thing about it is with this one, if he had such an issue with Eva Longoria and it was calling her out and stuff, why didn't he uh, tag Eva Longoria on Twitter? Why didn't he tag her on Twitter? I mean, if you're really going to call someone out, tag Eva Longoria or any actress or actor you have an issue with what they say about daytime and call them out and see what happens. Because to me, it kind of shows to me that Eric Braden. Uh, was being very, very kind of cowardly by not doing that. I mean, come on. I mean, you want to play it safe and all, but, you know, you are Eric Braden v. Victor Newman, so you should have no fear, no uh, no cowardice of not tagging someone to get their attention. Not tagging someone when you should tag someone to get their attention. That's how I feel about it. And overall, I don't think, do uh, I think you will, even will I should worry about Eric Brayton says, uh, no, she, she should not, I think she understands, um, I think she, uh, if she did hear those comments, I'm sure we'll probably get a response from her at some point, but I don't think she'll respond, I don't think she should respond at all, maybe with the two of them we'll talk about in private, but overall, I think this is really a big haul to do about nothing, and... Eric Braden was completely out of line for that, even though I understand why, because he was trying to protect Daytime and defend Daytime as a whole. But, you know, this is the kind of issue we have with other actors in Daytime who think that just because they play this iconic character, they can do whatever they want behind and in front of the scenes or even on Twitter or social media. But uh, anyway, uh, don't forget, guys, to catch Evil Agoria's new series called Evil Agoria, Searching for Mexico, which will premiere... Sunday, March 26th, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CNN. And with that, guys, let's get into this week's webinar so far of a recap. Um, let's kick it off Monday for uh webinar. And basically, Diane busts Phyllis and Jeremy, which is no surprise because that didn't really last long of Phyllis and Jeremy's plan to wear Jeremy, Phyllis wanted to make it look like Jeremy loves the city and, um, you know, um, you know, and they wanted to make Jack and Diane think Jeremy was gone, but Diane pretty much busted Phyllis and Jeremy at the uh, Grand Vegas Hotel where he saw the two of them uh, together, um, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think, because uh, once Diane saw them, she was like, I should have known. Every word out of your mouth was a big, fat lie. And Phyllis and Jeremy tried to do their best to play, uh, you know, to play sale but Diane was not buying it. She knows that Phyllis and, and Jeremy would, um, you know, were just we're just playing them to make sure they were gone uh, from the open. Uh, so Diane is not buying it. And in the end, Diane warned them that they'll be soon hearing news that they will let them let them know their hatefuls won't win. So they have time and energy for their nonsense, and walked out. Diana thought Phyllis and Jeremy deserve each other. A tossed the red-hands tack on her. And really brought her and Jack closer. And Phyllis died. Things are all in agreement with the two of them. So there you have it. Uh, you know, uh, Phyllis and Jeremy were caught in the act. And I kind of figured it would happen. Uh, it wouldn't take long. But oh well. Uh, so... With that, Diane leaves and head back to the Abbott House. Then we had um, uh, <clears throat> then we have uh, Daniel and Lily at Crimson Lights and Lily is telling Daniel about uh, the whole thing going on with Divide and Daniel thinks she should stop beating herself up, and do whatever it takes to win. Uh, Lily wants to work wants to work it out with Divide, but she tried everything, it didn't work. And Daniel suggests that, you know, there are a lot of things going on. And, and in the end, that she should at least, you know, do whatever it takes to win overall. And so, um, you know, uh, then Lily recaps her issues with Devon as Daniel goes go with her. He tells her to walk into the hearing focus on what she wants. Devon doesn't have a right to tear down her legacy. Uh, he says, go get him, Lily thinks Daniel. She really did to hear that. And the two of them embrace Meanwhile, we had uh, Diana handing back to the out of the house. Jack knows that she's riled up. Diana explains she read the Phyllis and Jeremy Stark and the Grand Phoenix. Jack feels unbelievable. He writes about her, using Kyle summary summer to deliver her lies. Diana says they want to lure them back to town. Jack wonders why. What are they planning? Here's the prize. Stark manages to get his hooks into Phyllis, who is alienating everyone in her life. Diane agrees he's played our vulnerabilities perfectly, though she doesn't excuse her role in this. She summarizes that this goes back decades, and Phyllis feels she's lost. She doesn't think Diane deserves him, especially if it comes at her expense. Jack hopes the threat of losing her kids will step around this. Uh, Diane says she's so full of hatred. She only cares about herself and her vendetta. Jack has seen it all before. Phyllis can't help herself, and always gives it to her impulses. Diane adds that she always finds a way to justify it to herself. Uh, Jack assures her they will hell this together, sue his husband and wife. They will let anyone take their happiness from them, and Diane embraces him. And I can see the betrayal with Diane coming a mile away at the wedding wherever it takes place. It was at the gala. Uh, Jack is going to get hurt, and a part of me will not feel bad for him because, yes, Jack, uh, it just feels so strange that the direction from Phyllis and Jack. It's come down to Jack and Diane, and uh, <clears throat> it kind of makes sense in a way, but I think Jack should be a little bit more smarter than, uh, than just to believe everything Diane has, has told him thus far. And so Diane, uh, speak. Uh, to me, uh, to me, speaking of Phyllis and Jack, uh, uh, Jeremy, and Jeremy's sweet Phyllis wonders what Diane is planning. Jeremy warns her she can't get distracted. That's what Diane wants. He needs her full attention on the next step and asks, quote, are you still bored with this 100%? Phyllis assures him she won't get distracted and warns him not, not, to, uh, not to micromanage her. Jeremy marbles at her confidence and thinks that the they could set the world on fire. He moves in close and Phyllis puts his hand on his chest to hold him at bay. This time she warns him to stay focused. She won't get distracted by a handsome ex-con. Jeremy grins and says, I'm flattered. She advises him not to be. And then later on, uh, society... As a side, Nikki was speaking with Tracy. The two of them were planning on, on, uh, planning on the whole gala uh, for the event at the Genoa City Athletic Club. And then Nikki turns her nose up to see Jeremy start walking in and says, It's lovely to see her. Nikki doesn't want him there. N- Jeremy uses that of the three women in her little group, he finds her the most intriguing. Nikki is sure Ashley and Phyllis love to hear that news. Jeremy thinks he and Nikki are fighting and scrap to get what they want. Nikki informs him he shouldn't make assumptions about her. He says she has a lot of gall coming back there after seeing uh, her necklace. Jeremy says he was framed and she's sworn to know that. Nikki warns him to leave Tower not to give her husband to for her life. Jeremy poses no threat and reminds her she once saw him as the answer to her Diane problem. Or maybe she thinks Diane is the kind of woman who will eventually get what's coming to her. Nikki thinks he's overestimating her interest in Diane Jenkins. Jeremy finds this admirable and brings him to gala. Nikki tells him it's invitation only. Jeremy tends to make <clears throat> a donation to get one. Nikki assures him that his name will be on the guest list, but Jeremy tends to do his small part to ensure the guy success. Quote, he says, I have no doubt this will be a nice member. Phyllis shows up with the mansion and tells Tracy that she's made a there. Tracy allows her to wait and heads out. Phyllis sulks around the living room until she spots a engagement ring in a box, and she smiles. Behind her, Diane asks, what the hell are you doing? Phyllis hides the rainbox behind her back. Phyllis says she's being sober. And Diane doesn't believe her and accuses her of using her daughter again. Now that we know you're working with Jeremy, you should be nowhere near this house. Phyllis pretends to get a text from Summer that she can't be, after all, and stalks out the door. And also we had, um, uh, you know, Abby Devon talking the Pet House. And, uh, about what's going on with Lily and stuff. And, uh you know you know, uh, Abby supports Devon 100% and encourages him to, uh, at least you know, uh, you know, be strong and to uh, stay focused. Which you know, Devon uh, listens and makes sure he understands what Abby's saying. And in the end, at the courthouse, Lady Spy Devon, you told him it's your last chance once they start this, there's no going back, and we have to find some common ground. Will you please consider just talking about it? Just that Amanda walks in towards Lily. Really, don't say the other words. So, Amanda is back, and she was not happy to see Devon. And Devon was happy to see Amanda either. So, um, it's always good to see Michelle Morgan back on YR. Um, I have to say, though, I do think that it's good that she's on, on uh, recurring right now because it's always good to the to show that not have any plans or directions for her at this point in time. So,. Let's go to Tuesday episode where we have Joel arriving at the ranch telling Victor she's made his place for, for a stop since, he, since his message sounded urgent. She warns she's late for the invitation and has to get going. Victor thinks then that his timing is perfect. Nate walks into Victoria's office. She's glad that she's there and wants to go over a bunch of numbers. Nate wants to discuss something else first. So Victoria walks over and stands directly in front of him while asking if there's anything she can do to help whatever is bothering him. In the meantime, Audrey is spied from the hall and then walks off. At the court hearing Amanda informs Devon that this is a no-brave for her to take Lily's case. Since she was the one who drew up the merger in the first place. No one knows the ins and outs as well as she does. Devon replies, except for me and Lily. Amanda argues she was a treacherous daughter, of the eyes across the T's. Devon feels that it's less about them, more about right and wrong and history, knowing how much the time he put the habit to Witters and Bados' ass, quote do you not remember all the long conversations we had about Neil? She thinks Devon being there, tiring his loyalty is a joke. Devon asks if it's about revenge for her then. Amanda tells him not, not to flatter himself. Watching him lose will be just a perk. So, again, there goes Amanda having uh, warming up there a little bit before the arbitration. Then Christina arrives and takes Devon inside and step into the hairy room with Chris Ward's is not, not to let them get under her skin. He seems rattled, which is what Christina noticed. Devon says laid the fake, they got to him, the man that let come in, followed by the arbitrator, who asks if they're ready to proceed. Devon knows that Jill is missing. The man says she'll join them as soon as she can step away from her professional obligations. <clears throat> Meanwhile, in New Media is sitting in the office when Leah walks in, and she guesses Nate is in meeting Victoria. Audrey confirms it, it's just they go get coffee. In the main office, Nate tells Victoria that he hopes that will have will change the work dynamic. Victoria reassures him, he can see is that she overstepped. And quote, she says, I apologize if I made you feel uncomfortable. Nate surprises her by saying no, apologies necessary, she wouldn't be there anyway. Grace says he knows she doesn't really believe she overstepped. Victoria laughs a bit, she doesn't. Then back at the ranch, Victor challenges Jill about going to war with Devon over Hamilton, which was repeatedly against her brothers. Jill says they both know when you're dealing with family things will get ugly. She points out that Devon accepted the merger and says she left the company the way it is. Victor says she has a vision for the company, but how would Cameron feel to know she drew a hard line on her grandson? Jill notes he's played a Catherine card. She reminds her that Catherine had a lot of opinions that she didn't agree with. She misses her terribly, but she doesn't, want, doesn't miss her heartbeat at her about the company. Caverick can take it up with her in the afterlife. She tells Victor that Devon shot down all their attempts to settle the matter and observes that he's not in a strong position legally. Victor thinks this will damage her personal relationship with Devon, which would be a shame. Joe nods. Victor asks her to come there because it was to offer her an alternative. <clears throat> in the hearing, Christine says the Hamilton Witchers was founded on family. She asked about Devon Neil's relationship with Amanda Sparks. Chris explains that the opposition played on his motions to consume Devon into merging. Shortly after, they assisted on opening of the family running company to an IPO. Devon objected and tried to mostly dissolve the merger, but surely made it clear that they had no intention of bringing the dream this sold Devon to fruition. He doesn't want the money, just want to walk away with the company he and his father created. On the Crystal Lion patio, Elena hopes Audrey doesn't think she's jealous or insecure. She's just frustrated with the amount of time Nate spending at work. Audrey thinks she has some legitimate questions about what's going on between Nate and Victoria. Uh am a little by it. Elena understands they have a tight working relationship. Audra doesn't want to cross any lines, but she thinks maybe they Nate, Nate and Victoria's relationship is a little deep. It doesn't feel like a normal employer and employee dynamic. She confides that they that they're together constantly and she always thought and she's not always sure there are focused on this at hand. Elena asks if she's saying she thinks there's work going on. Audrey replies, I'm sensing there's a lot more. <clears throat> so, in Newman, Victoria um, told Nate their adults to clear chemistry between them. And she loved to have them explore how exposed it might be, but sure understands that there are two different situations. She has asserted freedom because they Curly have. She states, quote, You made your choice. I respect that. Nate will assure she means that. Victoria sure they can control this attraction somehow, no matter how powerful it is. is. are crimson lights. Leia appreciates Audra's honesty. So what? You think they're having an affair? Audra doesn't know if anything visible has happened, but senses it's heading that direction. Elaine doesn't see why Nate will jeopardize their hard-won relationship. Audra says some men are just like that. Audra involves they are both, working, they are both in relationships when they got together. <clears throat> Audra's not the one to sit back and do nothing, and guesses Leia is the same. Elena knows how poor Nate's job is to him, and Victoria knows that. She has him right where she wants him. Audra may have ideas to change up the status quo, and in a way it helps Elena. Now at the ranch, Joe tells Victor that Devon is worried about her wanting to take the company public. Joe thinks that was really the last straw for him. Victor retains that if that, if that is the reason Devon wants to help to win his back, then he understands. Joe is visibly offended when he suggests she didn't think this through. She asks about the alternative he said he had. Victor thinks she'll like what he has to In Then back at the hearing, Amanda acknowledges the amount of work Devon did with his father built the company, but the reasons he decided to merge are immaterial. He entered into a contractual agreement, which did not s- uh, specify that the company will remain private. Essentially, she argues she is asking the court to assist him in breaching his contract. She feels that he wants to throw it all away, and doing so, he may cause horrible damages to the existing company. At Crimson Lives, Audrey confides that she did a deep dive into Victoria. She's like a colorful life. Elena bets she's followed the drama of Ashley Locke who manipulated the date. Audrey talks about Billy and the story of what happened with the love of her life. Elena asks, Are you talking about JT Hellstorm? And this is the part where I was really intrigued to hear from Elena. Uh, and uh when she asked about JT, and for those of you that do know, JT Hellstorm was played by. um He's played by. Uh, uh, that, that one actor, that yeah, that lucky bill. And so I was surprised to hear a mention of JT. And so Audrey asked Lena if she knew Hellstorm, but Elena didn't. She just knew the story. It turns out he had a brain tumor. Audrey thinks he may be interesting case study. Uh, Quote, I did my re- re- research into JT as well. He's been released from prison, and deserves to have his story told. It might make for an interesting story on your medical podcast. And this. It, this could go either one or two, two ways for Elena, um, you know, uh, if, J, if JT does come back, or we do see him, um, uh, we do see him on, um, you know, on the, uh, on YNR again, for a one time appearance, or maybe for a storyline or more, then, uh, you know, I hope the writers don't do this, but I hope they don't put JT and Elena together, because the chemistry has not really been there, uh, or were tested out between both JT and Leda. and Atlanta has never met or heard JT before, but I think until maybe a couple of years ago when she first came into uh, the show. So, at the hearing, men insist that negotiations for the merger were not one-sided. You're not you're not allowed to change the rules in the middle of the game, she asked Devon. There's only one person guilty of breaking Chancellor which was agreement, and that is you. Christine whispers to her client hold together, and Devon asks for recess for lunch, and the out-trader agrees. And Amanda, I gotta say, she got, the, she got to the vibe at that hearing. She was cutthroat. She, she was, she was very, it, it almost felt very personal for Amanda in a way, and I get that. But at the same time, it was very unprofessional at the same time, because I get Amanda wants to win for Lily, but at the same time, it feels like she wants to win for herself. So, hopefully, um, you know, Amanda does not, you know, backfire and blow this, and blow this for Lily. Um, uh, so at the coffee house, Mayda and Liz to the booth. when told her the case is going as well expected. Lily is told as the way they're going about this is causing the VOD paid. Uh Amanda tells her, I feel like you're attacking no Man, but Lily says I feel like you were attacking him personally and professionally. And argues that it's her job as well, where she has her arsenal. And she obviously the VOD brought this on himself, which the VOD did bring Ron to his social. She's not wrong there. Um See here on the patio. Audio Elena asked Audra, You think I should break JT to tell us to interview here about his book, History? Audra thinks it would be amazing to kick off to her podcast. Elena doesn't want to exploit anyone for ratings. Audra feels it would be healing for everyone, it would be a good thing. It would also give her an opportunity to work together with Nate. Uh, if you look into JT's story, who knows, it could have an impact on Victoria. Maybe love like theirs never really dies. And I gotta say, I don't see Victoria and JT getting back together after the writers, previous writers, I think Josh Griffith, who was the writer back then, uh, not, not him, no, Mal Young, actually, Josh Griffith was the, uh, as their producer, but, um, the writers botched the character of JT and have him be so ab- abusive to Victoria when, uh, I think the storyline could be much better if they were a different route, but, then again, that's just me, um, but no to Victoria and JT came back together. Um, at the ranch, Jill says that she thought through the IPO and she resets any situation otherwise. <clears throat> Victor has often thought of taking Neil in public but doesn't want others involved in the decision-making process. He figures that it is about money, it's just she raised funds the other way so the can maintain control of his company. Jill asks him to be more specific. We're just, uh, we're just talking about a private investor Will stay out of a decision making process, and they will guarantee that in writing. Joe assumes he has someone in mind. At when Victoria and A talked numbers, and he admits he's having trouble focusing because Lily and Devon's hearing is starting this morning. He's very worried about his cousins and wishes that there was something he could do for them. In society, Devon Paul Christine was calling it a recess. It's just that man's clearly enjoying taking a shot to him, and Lynn is laying her hit below the belt. It's a lot harder than he thought of seeing back and saying nothing when the attacks were personal. And man, Larry just wants to re- watch everything he's built burn on the ground. And Chris urges him to bring his feelings to her privately, not at a arbitration, which could hurt their case. Devon asks if Christine got a read on her, and asks, "Was it bad?" And Chris's face falls. And at the coffee house patio, Lena is tempted by the idea of getting Victoria's attention away from Nate and loves the idea of working closely with Nate again. Audra thinks it's a win for everyone, or almost everyone, and Lena also sees the value in the podcast, but there's a downside. It's wrong to toy pe- people's emotions and make them relieve traumas. That's not a game she wants to play just to get Victoria to stop going after her, boy- her boyfriend. Audra <coughs> never meant to apply anything like that and tells her she's right. It's a staying in the past. It should all stay in the past. Elena thanks her for the conversation and tells Audra she's given her a lot to think about. <clears> at <throat> Newman, Victoria understands why Nate wants to make things right for his family. Convincing Nate to come back at the company is something she considers a great success. Nate must uses their family, but this didn't work out he played a huge part in that. Victoria hopes he can heal the rift. She tells him his world compass is really a nice change of pace. Nate asks, even though we're not together, Victoria urges him to cut himself some slack for how things went down in Chancellor Winters. He was provoked. Nate thanks her for that, but knows others don't agree. Then Syracuse and Lies Man tells Lily she deserves the su- 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 success, and Devon is trying to her away for personal reason <coughs> reasons. Lily asks the way he would apart everything he had, and man admits it. She's using it. She's doing that to her advantage. Lily says that should not be about her getting back at her brother. Amanda reminds her she agreed her methods. It's too late to back out now. Lily signs, I don't know. Amanda insists that this is where she excels and where she thrives. She says she may be torn, but Jill is not. She wants to her Witches to remain attached to at, at, at her liver. Then following she may find the ranch and Victoria catalog of the structure of the company Dildavar built. Now Devon is more involved at in his life, or his grandson's life, he fostered his the legacy passes on. He's willing to offer Joe the money she feels Chancellor deserves. And that is Tuesday episode, and I gotta say, the season between uh, Amanda, Devon, Chris, and Lily were very intense. Michelle Morgan, you know, brought it really, really, uh, really well, and no surprise uh for Michelle Morgan, she's a great actress and this is why YNR should have never wasted her to begin with or even killed off Hillary the first pace. Because, to me, you know, she can still... Uh, if you give her great material like everyone else in daytime, her and many will succeed and excel. So, I love the scenes with uh, Michelle Morgan and YNR for Tuesday's episode. And now, let's get to... What is this, what is this episode? Okay, which was today and we had the return of someone who the Albus has known for a very long time since they were children. So let's get right into it. <clears throat> but first, uh, Lily, Amanda, and Christine Devon returned to the arbitration room. The arbitrator noticed the relationship between the parties has evolved to a point where communication is impossible. She asks if there is more evidence to both, both and Christina and Amanda say yes. Folks later runs at Jeremy's suite and writes about she found a huge game ring in Diane's purse. She did it. That was her goal all along. There is no way in hell I'm letting this happen, she continues. This was, her, this was her news. Becoming emotional over the idea of future events with Diane, she tears up. And says, I will never see my daughter again, she screams. I would not let this happen. This would not be ignored, Jeremy. This evil must be eradicated. Star tells her it's a good thing then that, that the plan will stop Diane in her tracks. Then Jagger arrives to the island mansion with Diane dressed for the gala. She can't wait for him to see her in it. They kiss. Jack runs about the people coming back for the bicepial event and then asks if she tell, she'll tell everyone about their engagement at the gala. Diane beams. She asks if she's sure Jack enthuses that they'll be the Tosso town. She abides of that They'll have to face their critics. Jack assures her they'll do that together. Diane agrees, but he can tell if somebody's, somebody's still bothering her. Diane tells her that Phyllis came by and claimed to be being a Her behavior was more often than usual and she's convinced she and Jeremy are up to something. <coughs> and Jeremy's sweet, Phyllis assure sure Diane will make the gal all about her engagement. Jeremy agrees, but she's a sufferer. Phyllis is scared why she's the only one who sees her for who she is. Jerry assures her she, he sees it too. It's only right they make the move that night and balance the scales of justice. He says, That's be, the beautiful thing about masquerade ball. I work my magic, no one would ever know I was there. At the rotation, Amanda hands over to the contract signed by Devon and is making her case when Joe comes in. The elevator invites her to sit down, but Joe says she won't need a chair because this won't take any time at all. Lily looks wary and. Uh, and I asked Joe, what are you talking about? Joe stated, I'm about to solve this whole mess right now. At the patio, a Cruiser Lies told to just to Daniel that they use a gay format to help people navigate their personal conflicts. And Daniel loves it. So let's see here. Um Talk turns to their difficult bars briefly before they go back to enthusiasm about changing the world, one player at a time. And the avid uh, abode, Jack, declares Diane, she won't let through ruin their happiness. They observe this and he wants to shout from the rooftops. They agree to advise Jack they have talked to Kyle about announcing. Jack is sure once he sees what happened they are, he'll know it's the right thing. Then the doorbell rings and it's not baby than Mamie Johnson played by Veronica Reed. Jack is momentarily speechless to see her there, then welcomes her home and ushers her inside. <clears throat> inside, Mammy enough has changed, and asks Jack, when was the last time you redecorated? Then, she notices Diana gasps. Diana says it's nice to see her. Mammy nodded. Jack insists Mammy stay with them. She can't wait to see Tracy and Ashley. Diane excuses herself and heads out. So, the moment between Diane and Mammy was a little bit tense between the two of them. But I'm so surprised, I think, with the history that uh, that Diane has with the Abbots. um, You know, Mammy is a little bit uneasy. So, uh, I did enjoy that scene between the three of them before uh, Diane left. At the arbitration, Joe reminds Jill Traylor that she sent this emotion and she should be the one to end it. She asks for a break to explain to everyone. Never sure what she should have done this before. Joe tells the Vile that this is urgent and could change the future for all of them. The Vile would listen and ask what Joe has to say. Joe wants to discuss this somewhere else. The wants to know what it's about. Joe thinks Christine admitted that the services are no longer required. <clears throat> Christine objects, but Joe reassures her she's not going to consider or brainwash anyone. She appeals to the Vile to give this one more trial of the attorneys. The Vile says, Sure. Just Chris. he'll fill her in at the gala tonight. Lily follows Joe out after she says she'll text the all where to meet. Mary glares at her ex as she packs up. At the end of the mansion, Jack tells Mammy he got word, he got her note when Di- uh, Dinah died. Mammy says she was a decent woman, just a mother. She hopes he found it in his heart to forgive her. Jack chokes up and says he did. Jack sees her death hit him hard. He's only, he's only come out of it in the last few months. Mary guesses he's in love and doubts Ashley is impressed. Jack chuckles at her knowing everyone so well. Mary feels, feels all the matters is he's in love and happy. Diane enjoys Kyle's and society. He guesses she's looking forward to tonight. Diane the news that struggle is to going after all. He never left. <laughs> it was just a carefully pressed give to get Jack and me back home. Kyle complains about Phyllis' involvement and plans to text Sarah to let her know their mother has hooked up with a monster. Then Jeremy sweet. He assures Phyllis he can get in and out of the gala without anyone being the wiser and will keep a closer eye on her from behind the mask. Phyllis warns that nothing could go wrong. This is life or death for me. Jeremy says that they both will lie to lie. I'm not going back to prison. Phyllis gets a text and tears up. Stark asks who it is. She says it's my daughter. Jeremy asks if she's having a change of heart. Change of heart. Then you know, well, Trish, the arbitration divide. Best of man had a lot of fun today, going after him and from everywhere turning him down. Man feels that if he thinks that, there's a lie he doesn't know about her. Every time she had to point out his lack of loyalty, it was painful. By the day, as she told the man who would hurt and humiliate her, Abby of all people, she never saw it coming. The man recalls how broken he was when laid she was Nate. She believed he didn't give his heart easily, and she says, "I thought you were a good man." I'm thankful now because I know the truth. And Amanda, you know, she was upset. I can't say I do blame her, but I do feel that for, um, you know, for Amanda herself, she could have at least, you know, she could have at least, I think, made me handle things better. Probably behind the scenes, at least try to keep it professional during the case. But it was impossible for her to do that. So because of the anger and everything, the betrayal and everything else that happened, before this arbitration case took place, so I totally get where is coming from. At society, Kyle tells Diane they have to figure out a way to get rid of Stark, and Diane asks what else she'd like to talk to him about. Kyle stated the engagement, and things we should discuss together, the three of them, so there are no misunderstandings. standings. Then alone in the uh, living room, a to flashes back to when Jack was engaged to Diane in the past, she didn't approve, but joked by Ashley not being thrilled. So suddenly Billy comes in. He stops short when he spots Mammy. She guesses about him being all grown up and having his father's eyes. Billy embraces her, and Mammy asks about his mother. And Billy says she's about the same as she's always been, and Mammy cracks. That's too bad. And let's go here. Jack reappears and Mammy goes off to her room. Jack and Billy are about baby Shrimp of off the galley. Jack asks if Billy about his job offer. Billy ends and tells her brother, Put me in. He thinks he could do the old bad proud of this time around. Jack notices the change in him and thinks that it is due with the hanging around Chelsea. Billy isn't sure but notes the experience may have made them stronger. <clears throat> Jack welcomes him back with an embrace. In Jeremy's suite, he asks Phyllis, are you in or are you out? She tells us, if we go through this, much entire our life will change. Will change. Every day will be about keeping the secret. The biggest secret I've ever kept in my life, she declares. This is the next level. Stark says, if you can't go through this, tell me now. This is your final chance to call it off. Phyllis says she has to go and exit. Then, at society, the asks Jill, uh, we've, we've been through hell the past couple of months. You could just make everything go away. Joe cautions not everything. so days she will leave it up to Lily. She wants to go back to Albuquerque, but not until she hears her out. Devon arrives Joe and announces she reached a decision that's mutually beneficial. Devon says, I'll be a judge of that. Lily complains that they should discuss this before bringing it to their side. Joe says there won't be any more sides. The IPO was dead. I'm not going forward with it. The company will remain a private entity. Lily's aghast so that she's just changed her mind. Joe tells Avon that since he was uh, Joe tells Yvonne that since that was a sticky point, she's hoping he'll change his mind too, so the two of them can be a family again. Then back in the Abbott house, Jack tells Billy he can't talk now. It's a lot going on tonight. Billy notices the wives are smiling. wonders wonders what's up. Kyle and they come in. So Billy leaves. Kyle tells his parents the to to them about both about the engagement. Then the hotel lobby, Phyllis tells someone she got her text. Someone noticed she got her quickly. In front of her, I will to tell you that he hadn't. And, quote, even with even for relationship with the virtual destruction, did you seriously lie straight to my face? <clears throat> On the Crimson Lights patio, Dale tells Chelsea this it's armed working with her. They've down some rough roads, which may have made him stronger, but, so they can help people. He takes off as Lily arrives. He guesses the smile to his face is due to the Omega Sphere. It tells her he's going to, to back to they The joke about being movers and shakers again. Chelsea thinks things are going great with both of them. As a side, of all wonders, how Joe pressed to work together again after everything Lily has said and done. Lily gasps and that says and asks, "What have I done? I had to dash to hold you to a contract." Devon claims she's sounded up in the back by hiring Amanda. Joe tells him to stop it. This is breaking her heart. This is their work, their family. She wishes she'd go back to before she to the IPO. What will it take for them to be, back, to be able to work together? Devon doesn't see how he can do that. comes the lights, Abby is texting Devon, hoping the administration is going well with Amanda Pierce, and that will be uh, tomorrow's episode for YR when... Um, Amanda and Abby go at it, and Amanda, I think, is going to let Abby have it. And I probably hope Abby does not back down from Amanda in a way, because as much as Amanda has a right to be upset, I do think that um, for Abby, she has to hold her own ground uh, for this one. <clears throat> now, at the hotel, at the uh, Grand Vegas Hotel, several cruises feel us working for Stark. Phyllis discusses she heard this from Diana, invites her daughter, she'd do anything in this world to keep her safe. Summer hollers about her using her to live, the, live her lies. Phyllis insists that everything she does is to protect her. And Summer feel that this is not love, it's traumatizing, and said I told her that he needed her to stop before Summer really gets hurt. She storms out and Phyllis walks by the elevator and stops the button. At the end of the magic, Kyle tells her his parents that he's thought a lot about their history and what their engagement means for the family. The road to love is very smooth, but they found their way back to, together and forget forgive each other. Who am I to stand in your way? He hopes they make each other very happy and they have his blessing. Jack and Diana embrace him. And in the last scene for this episode, Phyllis knocks on Jeremy's door until he opens it. She tells him, quote, I'm in. Let's do it. We're going to make this a party they'll never forget. So, we have a lot coming up YNR, uh, for YNR uh, for tomorrow, where, um, uh, where we're going to have Joe a Jorahsi's Barsensal uh, Anniversary Celebration. And Victor and will welcome the guests to the party of the year to celebrate uh, the sh- uh event. And so, it should be a very interesting event coming up for YNR to celebrate uh, the show's for the anniversary. And, um, you know, with what we've been hearing on the previews of this event, this plays will be what we'll probably never forget without reason to be seed. With that, guys, uh, let's quickly really get into the spoilers for um, the Young and the Russell's coming up. So let me get into that right now. See here, ah, yeah so spoilers for wine on the week of March 27th, early edition. And the first one says, Familiar faces return to Joe City, Abby is forced to defend herself, Phyllis takes matters to her own hands, and Devon seeks forgiveness from Amanda. And note, the gala for Joe City was set to starts Thursday, March 23rd, and extends over almost two weeks of episodes. This is one evening, Joey C airing over many episodes that explains why characters are still arriving during the week of March twenty seventh. and still the same evening. <clears throat> also, on Monday, March twenty seventh, on CBS the Prayer about Plus. The product special our t- airtable tonight, ET about Y R, we'll Watch the C Baxter's tour, road trip airviews of cats, etc. And details will be uh details will be uh, on um jtmrolly.com slash negative t44315.html. This wire special ET on, on uh, CBS Paramount is different for the reasons one on ET Canada. And with that, guys, we are going to get into, um, we're going to take a, a uh, commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the bowl and the beautiful. I'm going to things for, uh, The uh, soap operas are daytime so far this week, and uh, we'll be right back. So, guys, uh, stay tuned.
0: 10 years of stains in 3 days with the new Colgate Optic Light Comfort Fit LED.
1: And welcome back to Wizard Podcast, Nathan 2, <clears throat> for episode, and we are going to get into The Bone Beautiful, and not a lot happened for this show, of course, when it comes to uh, most of the storylines, but the one storyline I want to get into is, um, the one that comes to Bill, Ridge, and Sheila, and if you guys didn't know, uh, in the last cliffhanger, um, we had, um... And it was uh, before uh, March Madness for uh, college basketball, but it was revealed that, boom, and Ridge, both of them were working together to take down Sheila. And so, uh... <clears throat> you know, um... That was very surprising, and I thought it was a very good twist by Brad Bell when he did for, uh... The Cliffing before, you know... Uh, before the break. And so, um... Uh, on Monday... We heard pretty much about how it all started Monday and Tuesday in a way, and so in the FBI unit, Bill fumed that he is so ready to push your car behind bars for, for life. They watch her on camera pacing the living room talking to the phone. Rich slips his arm across Bill's shoulder, tells him we'll how we'll they have to hang it a bit longer, and Bill ranted that this has gone on for months with that vile creature simply his bed. Rich reminded Bill this was his idea. He recaps that at the end of it, she'll be put away, and they will be all safe. They turn on the illicit device so as to hear what she's saying. Uh, in, Bill's, in Bill's living room, she hits it, it to her phone. Deacon, Bill can never be on to us. And if by you, Bill mutters, uh, we're all to you, all right. Where is Sheila is starting to lose it, it and so they'll have, to, uh, have her right where they want her. In Bill's liberal she they have to play it safe without making any mistakes. In the FBI unit, Bill tells Riz he's playing the season she was brave to make her squirm. Ridge hopes she can find a way to make her squirm enough to give up some information. Bill grasps that she was close to confessing everything until the lights flickered. The FBI agent says it was a technical glitch with the buggy devices, will happen again. If Bill hollers, it better not happen again. Rich assures Bill that she trusts him and he can get into her in that place again. He didn't think Bill had an aim to make someone love him, but he did it. Tears would down his face, and the whole works. Bill snaps, save a samurai, Sam. Rich urges Bill to keep going and keep pushing her. We need a confession. Bill thought she would have caved by now. Rich says when she does, when she does they've got her. They need to get her on Murder 1. Bill Pace is right. Murder 1. Uh, in the FBI unit, Bill recounts how she didn't believe she was dead and went to the FBI. <clears throat> he laments that it's the actual torture watching that with my camera and in real life. Rachel Marks said still paid dick for him watch her tweet 7 either, or Bill for that matter. But he said, although, he enjoyed Bill's pajama choice this morning. Bill wants to ensure that there are no cameras in the bedroom. Registrar assures if there is not, no one can see that. Bill remains frustrated that Sheila didn't spit out a confession and Riddish can see that this is really getting to him. Bill claims that this, his sons, Brooke and Kay, all think he's lost his mind and fall for Sheila uh, Carter. we is certain he'll be a hero when all is revealed. They just need the confession that everyone will be safe. Bill says he's tried, but Erdis argues that he's not trying hard enough. As long as she's out, there's no one else safe. Then we get to uh choose Tuesday's, Tuesday's episode for the Bold and Beautiful. And things are heated in the FBI unit as supposed patience was thin, and deacon tries to dump Sheila. In the FBI unit, Ridge wards was supposed to get back to his house to get a confession from Sheila, but Spencer is on a door break. They recap what's going on, how the family will be seen from Sheila once she's put away again. At Bill's place, Sheila takes a call from Deacon, who wants her to come over. It's urgent. And if by unit, Bill confirms her so way Sheila can find out her phone is bugged. He wonders why Deacon wants her to come over and worries about them thinking he's onto him. Bill has sacrificed too much for a thing to fall apart now. <clears throat> and if by unit, Bridget and Bill watch Sheila pip in the uh, mirror before leaving the house, Bill Rand says, of a look at her, he needs to do something more drastic. The FBI agent warns they need to stick to the plan which Bill earns her trust. Richard caps that they, when they get to a confession, she'll be out of their lives forever. Okay. Then at the FBI, at the FBI unit, the agent confirms to Richard Bill that she went over to the Deacon Sharp apartment. Bill feels he should have left her in jail, but Ridge argues she would have found a way to go out. Bill nods. She has to go away for a degree in murder. Special advises that she trusts him and believes he controls her freedom. Uh, she warns if she gets inkly up, she's gone. We're just sure she'll crack. Bill feels the day that she needs to crack. Every day she has to is another day he has to lie to his family. It makes me feel sick every time he has to say he's in love with Sheila Carter. <coughs> And then, uh, lastly, registers Bill that he's she was number one guy. You can give her things to can at camp. Bill toes. well, she's right about that. All Sharp can do is, is make her pizza and license plates. Bill goes over how difficult the roost is to keep up and how intensely frustrating it is. Registers, it will pay off. It pays me to say it, but this is working because of Bill. Especially complains this was supposed to be a slam dunk, but they've had to go way past it. If I find to reach for things in my life that I put away for too long. How long? How long do I have to pay this broken lost baby who's only found in love with the arm of Sheila Carter? Sheila Carter. Rich says he'll have to do it as long as it takes. We need a confession. Bill purchased the wall, paintings pe- like a, a case tiger. So, Bill is not liking this. And rightfully so. Um, you know, he has to, and now he, now both him and Sheila have engaged. And so now, there's nothing Bill could do but to at least try to work hard to get a confession out of Sheila uh, in any way he can but I think uh, it's gonna be too late at some point and sheila will probably turn on bill the moment it happens so uh, hopefully all goes to all court clad with the plan and they are able to uh, you know and they're able to uh, get the girl to Sheila to uh, get her uh you know get get her away and put her away for uh for life in prison because at the same time I don't see how they're gonna get uh Sheila in prison when Kibler Brown signed a new contract, so you know it should be very interesting. But I hope that, the, that Brad Bell the writers do not screw this one up. So, um, with that, guys, let's go to uh, <clears throat> BNB News from uh, Soap Opera News. Uh, Soap, yeah, Soap Opera News uh, online, and there was a preview of. Uh, I think the new actor uh, R, who plays RJ and what he'll be doing on The Bold and The Beautiful. So let me just get up here. this one here guys let'm just get this up let's just look for it should be here yeah.
0: okay
1: still looking for it should be here somewhere. Let me just continue to try and look it up. If it's not there, then I'll move on to... uh, We'll we'll move on, but I'm sure it was here somewhere. Uh, Okay, so I can't find it, but I'm sure... um, But uh, it it did feature a preview of what to expect from RJ when he comes to the Bow and Beautiful... Uh, and a part of it, I feel, uh, I think from what I read on there, I think it does uh, <clears throat> It does show to me that the writers are slowly focusing on getting uh, Brooke and Ridge back together again. And I have to say, that is the right move to go with because I don't want to see Brooke and Taylor together. Um, I do not trust Brad Bell and his writing for it. I do think he would mess it up and make the characters really out of character. Uh, Supportive of our recognition. So, um, hopefully, and Ridge do get back together. So, um, with that, guys, we'll take another commercial break. And uh, we come back, we're going to talk about casting news and a recap for Days of Our Lives. So, uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. And welcome back to what is your Podcast and Nathan 2. Oh, and uh, we are going to get into the Days of Our Lives um, so recap so far this week. But first, casting news for um, The Young and the Rust, uh, not The Young and the Rust, but Days of Our Lives, where we have a um, fan favorite making a return to the show. And uh, it's Louise Sorel, Back to Days of Our Lives as Vivian Alamein. Posted by Eric Lewis Odd. Subbombnetwork.com so, Posted Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, 23, at 8:00 pm it says, Louisa Roa reprises the role as the iconic role of Vivian Alamade and Days of Lives later this year. She recently announced her interview with Harvey Brownstone on his YouTube channel. She begins taping this month. Mm, excuse me. When asked by Brownstone how her experience has been since uh, being back on the set, Sorrell shares that it's more difficult, particularly now due to COVID and the procedures in place by production. Quote, you've got to, to get tested before you can, you can, even, uh, you can even get to the building. Then you stay in your room and wait until till they, uh, till they tell you you are clear, which can be two hours, at 5.30 in the morning. And then they shoot twice as fast as they ever did, she adds. There is like a quick rehearsal and then you shoot it. I haven't been here in three years, so yesterday it f- felt uh, god-awful. I mean, I was apologizing. I was probably over the place because they are loading me up with dialogue, and it's been a while. Comparing her previous time with the show to re- return, Sorrell says, quote, It's even harder now for all the actors, for the crew, and for everybody, because it's bare. They are taking time away from work. It's just, get it done, get it done. I'm not blaming anyone, but that's the way it is. It's hard. Sorrell took the cast of last nights today, too. She played the role of Vivian off and on throughout 2018, fall. by Brian church 2020, more than just saying, guy, like to say, Guy liked to go the character for retirement between 1992 and 1993. And later, Robert Strasser who wanted to live with 2018 and later, dead, dead of the world 2021. And you guys listen to the full interview with Louis Sorrell below on YouTube. Go Just go to uh, Harvey Brownstone interviews, Interviews Israel Live star Louis Sorrell. To his channel, Harry Brownstone... ...got school, I get to know... Uh, ...get to hear the interview for uh, yourself... ...but uh, I'm glad that Vivian uh, Alamane ...is coming back, played by the one only... ...the one only... Um, ...Louise Sorel, ...who to me will always be Viv- Vivian Alamein... ...and... Um, ...you know, uh, she's been a part of... ...so many classic storylines over the years... ...and so, it's so surprised ...the shock that uh, she decided to come back... ...to visualize Vivian Alamein... I do think that with her coming back to the show... Um, you know, um, I, I think we're going to see Vivian Alamein make an appearance for uh, maybe the funeral for oh. Victor Cariago. I do think that Diggs is, is uh, playing for that. Uh, it's not confirmation, but I think the show is playing for that. Of course, due to uh, uh, John Ashton's uh, passing, the show will pay tribute to the uh, actor and character. And if not that, then I think that Vivian will probably be mixed up with either another storyline involving, I think, maybe John, Steve, Marlena, Kayla, Kate, who knows, really, at this point. Um, but it's good that uh, Louis Sorrell is back in Days of Lives. And speaking of Kate, um, this was announced by Marcia Howell, who was an insider for Days of Their Lives and for Soap operas in general, and um, before the week started... Uh, it was announced and teased by her that uh, on Facebook that uh, five people were, were leaving uh, Days of Our Lives. So, and I think we got were of the first persons who who left, who uh, who left or was leaving Days of Lives, and that would be none other than Lauren Coslo. Now, there are uh, there are conflicted, uh, reports that uh, Lauren Coslo is out as Kate Days that she's not, but she's not recurring because of personal stuff going on behind the scenes. And so, um, you know, for now, uh, take it with great saw guys. Um, we'll see how reports of Kate is out. days her lives though. I do think she'll be back. Uh, since, you know, the whole thing with actors, and actresses coming back, to Israel lives going in and out really, um, you know, doesn't make any uh, difference in the same time, you know, um, uh, you know, I think that in the end, uh, we'll probably see Lauren Castle back at some point. Um, but so far, this week in the is our lives. And I'm going to go to Friday's episode or Thursday because those are were two days or both days where it kicked off the storyline with the return of Bo and Hope, uh, Pierre, Recco, a Crystal Alfonso. And basically at this point, Steve and John meet up with Hope. To uh, discuss where uh, what was going on when it came to Megan Halfway Demera, what she's up to, and John Steve telling Hope about Marlena and Kate dying. Um, Then we see Bo, and he's clearly under control when it comes to Megan Halfway Demera and what he's doing, what she's doing to her, thanks to Rolf, who uh, brainwashed him. And um, the last, speaking of Laura Cosmo and Kate, the last scene she had was with Bo uh, yesterday on uh, Days of Our Lives, or I think it was yesterday, uh, but at, or maybe Monday, but at the same time, uh, you know, Bo was about to shoot Kate, and Kate was trying to convince him to put the gun down, but at the same time told him to shoot him, because, you know, honestly, uh, you know, she was trying to convince him to not do it and try to bring the old Bo back, but it seemed, though, and we, but we didn't see but we heard the shot that Bo did shoot um Kate, but I don't think Kate is really dead. Bo probably told her to um, to run and you know hide for cover. So um, Bo will be back uh, on tomorrow's episode for Days of Our Lives um, and where uh, this is the previous tomorrow's episode. Uh, Megan wants results from Dr. Rolf. Bo struggles to discover his true self. Harold agrees to risk your treatment with help hope. Ava advises Chad about how to move on. and let's go to uh, Thursday's episode. Okay. Thursday, uh, for, uh, Friday's episode, March 24, 2023, Ben and Sierra receive exciting news, Ralph awakens Kayla to test out his newly fitted serum, bo demands his freedom for Megan, Steve and John give lead Megan's location. So that's what, that's to expect, um, uh, for, for this rest of this week, but next week, let's get into the week of March 27th, and these are spores from Subbauer Digest, so, let's get right into it. Steve corpses Megan. Roman updates Eric. Gabby and Lee celebrate. Paulina issues a warning to Chanel. Wednesday, March 29, 2023, the new is from addictionwarning.com. Uh, uh, Paulina suffers a panic attack. Eric and Nicole get into an argument over Sloan. Thursday, March 30, 2023, Rachel Sloan shows up at Statesville to confront Kirsten. Friday, March 31st, 2023, Melania has more show reunion with Eric and Belle. Steve informs Steffi that Kayla is alive. Bo and Kayla arrive at Vidal's childhood home where Bo reveals his place to his sister. And that's about it for Days of Their Lives next week, but I'm pretty sure more sports will be announced for that week for Days of Their Lives. And as far as the rest goes uh, for uh, Days of Their Lives uh, this week on... Tuesday and today, let's see here. Uh, Tuesday March 21st, 2023, we had Lee tries to keep Stephon from Gabby. Chanel and Paulina scored a victory over Sloan. Jada is confused by Todd's career change. EJ and Nicole live Stefan. Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023, uh, Paulina receives a, a pleasant surprise. Lee overhears Chloe badmouth from Rachel. Alexander asked, "Come to their boss of Gwen and Brave. Please dirty and get what he from Kirsten." And with that, guys, we're we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're talk about the last soap opera, uh, General Hospital, guys. And uh, I have a rant for General Hospital, uh, and it's one that not a lot of people, I think, will like. But it's needed for me to say So stay tuned. We're we'll right back with more of Wizard Podcast and Nathan Two.
0: you by Tampax Tampons. Trust is Tampax. Tomorrow, when Tim gets
1: a chance to be partners in a hardware store, Jill nails him. That leaves Al to take over, and he's giving his new partner the business on home improvement. Then when Wade and Nadine have relationship trouble, they go to the expert, Grace. Marriage counseling was never funnier. Don't miss Grace Under Fire, here on ABC. That guys, welcome back to uh, Wizard Podcast Nathan 2. And the last soap opera, um, we're getting into is General Hospital. Um, you know, and I gotta say, guys, I am very ticked off with one storyline in general, and or maybe not one storyline, but one person in general, one character, and that is Carly Corintho's Jacks. Um, I'm not gonna do a full recap. I'm so getting to the uh, important parts of this week so far, um, and this article from Soap Hub really nailed it um, for me um, on my rant when it comes to uh, character of Carly and it says here perfectly G.H. has a Carly Spencer problem and doesn't know how to fix. This is posted by Hope Campbell on SoapHub, a commentary on the website. <clears throat> and it says, There's one thing that needs to be made clear about Carly Spencer's Hospital. She is not a heroine. She was never meant to be a heroine. In nearly third years, she has not grown into one. And she is a great character like Carly, definitely serves a purpose on soap if she is written correctly. General Hospital, uh, Carly Spencer has, has zero purpose. The problem is Carly, Laura Wright is not read correctly, and very read at all. At this point, she is just the random stories, and it's becoming it's become more obvious by the day that the writers cannot can't think of anything more for this character to do. Recently, it has become more clear than ever that G.H. has run out of actual complete stories of Carly as she shows up everywhere with people she shouldn't be with who don't even like her. Why was Carly walking into a uh, living room as she, she lives there to suddenly help plan a nurse's ball? Why was Carly carrying around a full of Elizabeth Paris in her personal butts? And why oh why? Is Carly, of all people, now involved with the explicit story that was Anna, Phil Hughes, and Valentines, James Patrick Stewart, for nearly a year. The only story Carly has evolved that can be called her own thing is low little insider Trade nonsense. It seems to be dumber every time we hear about it because the two corporate geniuses she was supposedly helping by by Aurora, excuse me, stock didn't even seem to know what trader and sunny, insider Trade was. It's not a front story and who really cares. It's not like Carly will serve any time for that because Carly is world every Teflon Teflon time they which brings us to the next problem. And I'm not going to read all of uh, this article, but I think you guys get the point when it comes to the character of Carly. Uh, Nothing gets Laura right. Um, You know, I do love her as an actress, but she is almost on a little bit too much nowadays. I think... The whole wedding with Jason Morgan uh, a, cu- a couple of years ago uh, to uh, the fall of 2021 was way way too much. I mean that really turned me off the character of Carly for whatever reason. I mean I get what they what they were trying to do, but at the same time you uh, you um, you've made Carly unbearable, unfortunately, and so. Um, can GH repair the masks? Can they do, can they not make Carly such a focal point of the show? Even though, uh, she isn't. I mean, yeah, it's an ensemble show, but it seems that almost Carly is in every single storyline herself. They can, but I don't think they will for whatever reason. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Laura Wright's going to get burned out, but at the same time, she deserves better, in my opinion. And having her on less, I think, would help the show a lot. And uh, I do think it's time we have a break for the character of Carly Corinthos. But what do you guys think about it? Uh, let me know. But as far as the rest of the hospital goes this week, uh, Sunny broke up with Nina due to the danger when it comes to an upcoming threat since, uh, um, you know, uh, last week. Dex say, uh, Dex did save Sonny's life, and Sonny had no choice but to break up with Nina, which was weak. And I gotta say, I expected at the same time because Nina cannot handle Sunny's life with the Bob. The only person that can handle Sunny's life with the Bob is Carly herself. And I would not be shocked if they put Carly and Sunny back together again. And I don't want it this time around. I think we've already had enough for you and Carly and Sunny get back together. But it wouldn't make sense, even though I don't want it. I don't think anyone else wants it as well. Um, so. Um there's stats. So, uh, but I don't know if DSL will bring will break up for good. I think once the threat's over over with, will get back together. But somebody tells me that they will probably some something to mess that up too. Um, you know, and um, then we have Spencer, Esme, Laura, and Baby Ace. Um, today at a general hospital, Spencer came with Laura to... Uh, Spring Wears to tell Esme that the charges against her were dropped, and um, I, that's and um, I had an issue with this again. Characters like Esme not paying for what uh, what, she, what someone like her, or someone else would have done. Uh, I guess someone like Trina who deserves justice, but um, you know, I I should have expected that. G.H. is trying to redeem the character of Esme. A character does not not need any, um, um, you know, uh, no redemption in my opinion, not not in my eyes. Uh, You know, if they want to redeem the character, all they had to do was make Esme pay and then then go from there. But no, they wanted to go this way, which makes no sense at all. And it's really, really dumb and stupid in my opinion. So, um, but basically today, at General Hospital, um, you know, um, you know, Laura told Esme that the charges against her were dropped. Spencer was like, You can't just extend your stay. And Laura understood Esme is like, Ace, and I have no friends and money. Spencer says you can stay above Kelly's Kelly's room there. Spencer told her that I'll pay rent. Your rent until you find a job. Spencer wants what is best for the baby. Esme is like, enough for Ace and I. There's enough for Ace and I in this room with Spring Ridge. Laura told her, you don't, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Spencer says, Not enough room for me to the baby. Esme is like, You will not separate me from my baby. Spencer decides it's a good deal to tell her she is selfish. And Laura makes uh, a lot of uh, heart, uh, you know, uh, heartbreaking and you know, not so happy faces when it comes to what Spencer was doing. But I probably can't blame Spencer for being this way because he is protective of his baby brother and wants to at least look out for look out for Ace. <clears throat> and Emma asked him if we know if we know how to take care of a newborn, and said that if you didn't, if you did, then you wouldn't stress. A um, mother was away from her child, Laura. It's like, I think when you, when our release, you will find out how hard it is to take care of the baby yourself. Laura, it's like, you want to support and made this offer, we should have included you in the planning. You told me how you, you can support you uh, Ace. And it says you won't like it at all. <clears throat> and, um, let's see here. And then treating was with Spencer, didn't go as planned, as they thought, as they would. And since he comes out saying, I love our new ace. And last point I want to make is Chase and Brooklyn. General Hospital, if you're going to put Chase and Brooklyn back together, fine. Do it. But have Chase realize that Brooklyn is not perfect, and then hook up with her. Brooklyn can be very selfish, and today she owned it. But at the same time for Chase, you know, he, you know, uh, when it comes to her behavior Brooklyn owed it when it comes to Chase you know he is upset and feels like uh, Brooklyn is sold out and he feels that like this is all about getting her songs back and he's done with the excuses and Brooklyn was trying to help him and he asked why didn't you tell me tell him sooner and um, you know I get where Chase is coming from but at the same time Brooklyn is not perfect you have to love her unconditionally with no strings attached And so I hope that they change things up when it comes to Brooklyn Chase. If they're going to do it, then go ahead and put them back together and give them decent writing, decent storytelling. If not, just leave them alone and don't even put them back together. Um, Well, that's about it for me and General Hospital. Let's quickly go to the spoilers. We'll take our last break for our podcast tonight. Okay. Let's go to spoilers. So, the rest this, we'll start with spoilers for the rest of this week, then we'll go to next week. Tomorrow, on the 23rd, Max makes Corey an offer. Sasha surprises Gladys. Alexis is shaken. Marshall encourages Portia. And Spirits reassures Trina. And 24th of March, 2023, Azimuth is skeptical. Sunny doesn't min- mince words. A word, Spectrum over a strategy. Laura sees a welcome visitor. Cameron runs into Jocelyn. And um, that's it for the rest of this week. Now let's go to next week for the twenty-seven to the 31st of um, March. Uh, the 27th of March, 2023, says, Trina attempts to win interference. Laura and Liz have a heart-to-heart. Dex checks in with Jocelyn. Spectrum is a credit list. Marshall voice appreciation. And twenty eighth, Lucy is outraged. Cameron advises Spencer. Elizabeth gets a shock. Scott opens up to Laura. Diana assists Robert. Then the 29th will be the episode where Joe Hospital Port Charles will bid an emotional goodbye to Epiphany, played by Suzy Eddie, to pay tribute to the actress who passed away in December of last year, twenty twenty two. So, get out the cues and the uh, tissues. That's gonna be a very emotional one for sure. In the 30th of March, 2023, uh, Spencer meets with Victor. Slater offers up information. Dex makes a gruesome discovery. Drew meets Anna and Beltane, And Ava comes face-to-face with the enemy. March, 31st, 2023, Lucy is frantic. Spencer has misgivings. Ava meets Austin. And Ian Criars there the a side. And Max Lucia Alicia handle a setback. So that would be the, um... Those are the spoils for, um... Uh, the rest of this week for General Hospital and the next week for General Hospital. And with that, guys, we're going to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some TV news when it comes to renewals and also changes when it comes to one show that's been around for a really long time. And we'll have a brand new host of this show called Dancing with the Stars. So we'll be right back, guys. back to Wizard Podcast, Nathan 2. Before we wrap up the show tonight, let's get into a couple of TV news um, when it comes to TV renewals. And this is from JustJarred.com. CW announces three shows are ending in 2023. One is renewed, one DC series could be renewed soon, and one show is safe from another network. So, as we all know, All American is new for season six. Next show... Uh, The Flash is ending in 2023. It will wrap up officially on May 24th, 2023. Riverdale will be ending in 2023 on March 29th, 2023. So that will be next week on Wednesday. So make sure you guys check that out. Nancy Drew ending after season four. Uh, The final season for years on May 31st, 2023. Uh, Superman Lois could be continuing for one or two more seasons. And out there, January 21st, 2023, the new head of DC Universe shared that the show has one or two, or two, seasons, two more seasons left. Excuse me. The show everyone likes, so it's going to keep going for a little bit. And let's get to the uh, next one. Uh, F-Boy Island saved from cancellation on um, HBO Max. Save March 16, 2023. Fan favorite show F-Boy Island was Surgery canceled with HBO Max for f two seasons. The CW has swooped in and saved the show. So congrats to the show itself. And that was are part of it. Uh, Batwoman has a cancel after three seasons. Canceled April 2022. 22nd. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow canceled after uh, uh, Seven Seasons. Charm has been canceled since May 2022. Same goes for Dynasty. That was canceled too. And then let's go to the uh, next one for Peacock. They canceled two shows and renewed five more in 2023. Uh, Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin renewed for season, uh, season 2. Vampire Academy canceled after Season 1. One of Us is Lying canceled after two seasons. Uh, cancel, cancellation date January 20, 2023. The Traders renewed for Season 2. Paris and Love Renewal Season 2. Renewal Day February 13, 2023. Poker Face New for Season 2. Renewal day February 15, 2023. to the uh next one here if there's any more news announced for peacock cancellation or renewals and of course there's a lives new for season 59 and 60 renewing day martial T twenty twenty three uh, which is big news for the soap opera which I reported I talked about last week so congratulations out to uh Days are alive and um, and actually, I've got to do this, guys. Let me go to B&B spoilers for uh, next week, very quickly before I wrap up. And these are the early edition spoilers. And the first one says... Brooke gives key advice about Carter. Rich comes through in the nick of time. And Bill and Sheila's relationship takes a dark turn. That's for the biggest for us for next week. And with that, guys, we're done with, um, what is the podcast Nathan Two for this episode? Um, for, um, for, um, for our podcast. And, I'll, and one more thing, <laughs> I, I almost keep forgetting it, but, um, Don't forget, guys, um, for Dancing with the Stars, it's been announced that the show will be back in... Dancing with the Stars will be back for season 32 with several key changes, including the departure of Tyra Bates as a host of one long run series. And replacing her will be Alfonso Ribeiro, and also Julian Ho will be joining as new co hosts for Dancing with the Stars. So make sure you guys remember that when uh, season 32 of Dancing with the Stars come back on <clears throat> at some point. I do feel that Alfonso Ribeiro and Julian Hoog as uh, co hosts of both shows, makes perfect sense. If, we're, if, we're, if, bro, if you guys don't know, he's not only the host of America's Most Fighters video, he's also the host of, not the host, but he also was on uh, The First Prince of Bel-Air. So that's another um, show that he was on, very famous show. And with that, guys, we are finally done with Wizard Podcast Day 2. I'd like to thank everyone for tonight for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys, not next week, but... See so you guys on April fifth. Where not just me, but Willie, uh, will views himself. Willie will be back on the show, on the show as we uh, talk about uh, the new screen movie, daytime, and also a top story we're going to be breaking on the show. So stay tuned, and uh, you guys do not want to miss it at all. So again, there'll be no show next week, but we'll be having a show uh, April fifth do uh, during the first week of April to uh, kick off the new month so uh, we'll see you guys then and uh, the, to end the show we're going to leave you guys a song with um, this song by UB40 okay and this song right here is off of their of their recent album for the many um, so uh, here we go. And if you guys want to reach me, you guys reach me at um, at MoneyMac101. Again, that's at MoneyMac101. Capital M-O-A-N-Y-M-A-C with the numbers 101 on Twitter. Sam McCall is CJ Morgan, which is my Twitter. And for Willie's View, you guys can uh, catch him at Willie's View PW on Twitter. And uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next week. So stay tuned, take care, and uh, have a good one, guys. Real estate this from. Have a good night, good day, everyone listeners from. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend coming up. Enjoy the, the next two weeks, and uh, we'll see you guys April 5th, 2023 for Wizard Podcast and Nathan 2. So, take care, guys, and we'll see you guys later. Bye.
0: Attention on that vein when the music hits you feel no